thank you guys so much for joining me in the happy room. I'm so excited to have you back. I'm your host, Augustine, and joining me tonight is fellow relationship enthusiast and co-creator of the Dating 101 card game, Siobhan Carter. Siobhan, how are you? And thank you for being in the happy room. I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Well, some of you know Siobhan as a guest host on the Happy Room Live on Instagram and on the IG show and on her Facebook and her on her Instagram as well. Siobhan often shares relationship scenarios that are completely outrageous. Um, <laughs> where my first reaction is often, girl, run. Or if it's a guy, run. <laughs> these folks are asking, should they go or should they stay at the end of these scenarios, right? I remember there being a scenario where this woman was talking about, I believe her, she found out that her husband had children outside of the marriage mm-hmm. and she was trying to decide if she should leave. And yeah, I think deep inside, they know what the answer is, but sometimes we can get so anxious about our situations and we just need an outside perspective. So I think majority of them are looking for advice and just a different point of view from their situation. And then some some people may be looking for others to co-sign what they already know. You know, sometimes people are af- afraid to leave a broken relationship. Mm-hmm. It's almost like we're taught, especially women, that, you know, you need to stick with it and be almost like a martyr in a relationship. Like if once you say I do, or once you've been committed to this person in some way, or if you share children with them, it could be as broken as it can be. And oh, just stick with it and fight through it. Mm-hmm. Do you think there's some element of that? Absolutely. I think I think relationships, especially if you're living together, or if you're married, can be a challenge to get out of one because you're comfortable with the situation, you know who you're with, you know what you're dealing with. So sometimes you don't want to step outside of that comfort zone to to start over or to to start something new. So that could be a part of it. And then if there are children involved, some people don't want to break up their homes because of their children. So I think there are a number of reasons why people choose to stay and fight and deal with uh, sometimes toxic situations as opposed to just leaving leaving the situation. I think too, sometimes people don't even know that they're in a toxic relationship. What do you yeah. think of that? I think so, especially if that's the norm for them, if they grew up in that type of environment or if it's been a pattern of drama in their relationship. Sometimes it's like they they expect dramatic things to happen without even realizing. So it's like an, a subconscious response to just things, just drama. Some people are really attracted to drama. That is a fact. Clearly <laughs> <laughs> not healthy and they seek advice, but never do anything with the advice given. It's almost like they really just want you to be a sounding board. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end of the day, it becomes like a frustrating experience for the person who, because you're seeing all this stuff taking place and you're like, I don't understand. And they're crying about it. They're clearly hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, no changes are being made. Why is that? I, I think there are so many reasons. One of the things that came to mind was sometimes we have insecurities. Like we don't believe that we can make it without this person or we don't want to start over or 
Um, we, we don't feel worthy of someone else choosing us, especially if it's an abusive situation where um, the person is being either verbally or physically abusive. Sometimes it really uh, chips away at your self-esteem. And so you feel like you, you don't deserve another person, like you won't be able to uh, make it without the person that you're with. And then sometimes I think it's in, it's um, codependency also, where a person can just be with someone because they don't want to be alone. So I'd rather put up with this, you know, what they say that I'd rather put up with the devil that I know instead of going out and, and trying someone new. So I think it could be a number of reasons. I'm at the point in my life where I don't need any drama. I don't need mm -hmm. any excess, you know, anything that's going to mess up my zen <laughs> right I just don't see myself you know trying to date people and all of that because I just feel like I just don't have the time like I I just feel too old at this point in my life <laughs> I'm not that old but still you know what I mean yeah like, I don't want I wouldn't want to deal with that like going back into the dating game and so I understand how some people would just be like, okay, you know what, whatever, let's just, I'll just it's not that bad. I'm just going to go ahead and put up with this. Right. Um, but some of these things are actually quite bad. <laughs> so, yeah, really. um, and I think to the codependency, what you've said in terms of people not wanting to try something new, mm -hmm. uh, sometimes societal pressures, right. And especially if you have children, people are afraid, like nobody's going to want to date me if I have mm -hmm. kids. Yeah, even if they're, they are willing to date. So mm -hmm. I, you know, I want to segue into us talking about, you know, just making that decision to leave at some point mm -hmm. and what happens then. When we come back, Sharon will share with us the shocking betrayal that ended her marriage and changed her life forever. You don't want to miss this. Yeah, so I remember um, when I was married, um, I, it, it, so I was married um, when I was 31. I'm 44 now. And so we got married at 31. It was very fast a very fast marriage that I would not recommend people do. So we, we, we knew each other for a long time, but then we, we date, we dated long distance because I was in the DC area. He was in Florida and we dated long distance for about three months and then we got married. So it was very fast to start out with. And so he moved to the DC area and um, we lived together and probably about um, three years into the marriage, he chose to leave. I came home one day and he had packed all of his stuff and he, he had left. And so it wasn't, I've never experienced a situation where, where I guess in a marriage, in the marriage, I didn't choose to leave. He chose to leave. But it, I think in, in situations when trying to figure out when, you know, to get out of a relationship and what that process is like. I think for many, especially for women, we make that decision in our heads before it actually happens, because it's like we have to do the breaking up before it actually, it actually takes place. Um, so it's usually months, you know, in advance um, of, of making that decision so that we can emotionally and mentally prepare ourselves. So I think 
for any situation is just weighing the pros and cons and just trying to figure it out from all angles if that's what you want to do and just what the next steps are going to be okay do I need to break the lease if we're living together do I need to sell the house or how what is that going to look like do I just move and don't worry about it um where do I go do I have relatives or friends that I can move in with so it's it's a lot of things that we have to plan out in our minds to figure out how to go about leaving a situation because sometimes it's not it's not as simple as just getting up and packing your bags it's like preparation that has to go into it so I think the first thing would be just figuring out okay what am I going to do and where am I going to go if I'm if I'm living with the person I'd like to go back to your husband leaving right because you said it wasn't your decision and you also stated like women we know when it's over right Mm -hmm. even if we don't leave we're just trying to plan this stuff out in our head which mm-hmm. I think is so true. Yeah. Um, did you know it was over? Had you already decided it was over even before he left? No, I had no idea. So I left uh, to go out with some girlfriends to eat with, with some of my friends to go and eat dinner. And he was there. Things were fine before I left. And I was gone for maybe a couple of hours. And I came back and I had texted him about the restaurant, like, oh, we should try this place and and all that. And so I got home and I walk in the door. I don't see him. The car is still outside. So I'm like, huh, this is weird. So I text him. It's like, hey, you know, where are you? And I never got a response. And so it's like, what is going on? So I'm sitting there, I'm watching TV, like, you know, like, okay, he'll text me back when, when he sees the message. So some time goes by and then something just said, go look in the closet. I don't know, you know, Mm -hmm. what that was. Maybe it was the voice of God telling me to go look in the closet. So I go in the bedroom, look in the closet, and all of his things are gone. And I'm like, wow. So I was blindsided. I had no idea that I knew that he wasn't, he was like feeling depressed, but we hadn't had like a big argument or we didn't have like signs leading up to, oh, he's about to leave. So I had no idea. I didn't see it coming. Talk us through that feeling because I just listening to your story, like the yeah. pit of my stomach just hollowed out. Yeah. And yeah. that wasn't even my experience. So what was when you realized that that no, this man left, yeah. what was your your initial sense? I was numb. I didn't have any feelings initially because I was in disbelief. I'm like, wait, what? I, it was hard to process and wrap my mind around what was happening because I had never experienced anything like that before. And like I said, I didn't see it coming. So there was no preparation for me. Um, So I'm just sitting there numb at first. And then I text my girlfriends. No, I think I text him and was like, wow, you left, you know, and with a lot of question marks and he didn't respond uh, right away. So I text my girlfriends and I was like, you know, he's gone, he left. And everybody's like, what, what? So they were like, okay, I'm coming over. And it was probably like 10 o'clock at night. So a couple of my friends were like, I'm coming over, you know? So about three, three friends came over. And I think as I just sat there looking at the phone, I just started crying. I think it really hit me all at once. And I just cried like uncontrollably. Cause I was like, oh my God, he is gone, you know? So it was, it was devastating. 
definitely didn't have that opportunity to, as you said, just transition out of the relationship, right? It was just like an automatic ghosting and you're married at the same time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and it's just so many questions like what is going on? What happened? So in that, in, at that point, I was still wanted to salvage the marriage or save the marriage. And so I'm like, okay, let me text him. What's going on? So he finally texts back and he was just like, you deserve better. You deserve so much better. And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? And he never, he didn't call. So um, we're, we're sending these messages via text and he's not responding right away. It's just these random messages. So I'm like, what in the world is going on? So it, it was just a lot. So ultimately, was it his depression, his sense of not being worthy of you that he says this is why the marriage ended? Did he ever give you a reason? Yeah, yeah. So I, so that was in October of 2012. And uh, I didn't find out the truth of what was going on until August 2013. And what I ultimately found out is that he was with someone else. He was living with someone else in Florida. And he was kind of like going back and forth because he would go home pretty often and he was had some business down there so I was like okay he got some business that he needs to take care of down there but not knowing that when he was going home he was living with this woman so he was torn between the both of us and so he it it was the guilt that was uh, bothering him and, and I guess he just decided to make a decision to go back home and be with her Siobhan if you could see my face right now <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Wow. So he was basically living a double life. He was living a double life. And I find out I found out on Instagram when I had posted a picture of he and I because I I went on a work trip and he came, he flew out to come with me uh, during that time, during that time we were separated because I was still trying to, you know, beg him to come back and just we can work on it. We can go to therapy, all that stuff. And I flew out to California for a work trip and he flew out uh, to be with me and I posted the picture. And I don't know how she found my page, maybe because our last names, he and I had the same last name. And so she um, posted a comment and was like, oh, really? I was like, excuse me, like, who? Like, do I know you? Hello? Like, what is going on? So and so I just put like question marks or something like that. I can't remember. And and she saw another picture of us and she was like, wow. And then so I was like, "Um, do I know you? And she was like um yeah this is a man I've been sharing my home with or something like that and I was like are you do you have him mistaken for his twin brother because he's a twin Lord. So I was like maybe it's his brother and she was like no I know who I've been sharing my home with and yeah and then so I was like what and so my heart just dropped once again because I didn't see that coming so it was just bombshell after bombshell with this marriage <laughs> Wow, it was, it was crazy. And then my friend, and once again, I was with my friends at the time. And so when I got the message, they started investigating, and then they found her page on Facebook. And come to find out, she had been posting pictures of them and and all of that. So he was living with with her and just looking all happy and living a family life and all of that because she had kids. So yeah, it was crazy. I was about to ask you about the investigation because I know yeah. we, you know, women, we're not going to yeah. be like, oh, okay. Yeah. We're then going to investigate who are you, how long uh-huh. has this been going on and all of that. So you learned that he had been 
with her was he with her prior to your marriage i guess right so he had dated her and chosen you and then kept going back and forth yeah so he finally told me that he had dated her before me um and they had broken up and then he and i had reconnected and um things just went fast but i didn't know you know that he still had feelings for her i didn't i didn't know anything about her so yeah so this is someone that he had dated prior to me so then the the majority of your marriage he was still in this relationship yeah and it it all makes sense when i look at it now because it's like during holidays he would find a reason to go back home it's like oh you know um i just need to get back home and his his mom had passed away so he was like oh i just need to you know go to my mom's grave and i'm just feeling really sad or oh i have a client down here and i need to do some studio time because he was in management of um artists um and so he was like i need to go home you know to do this and it was just like but it's christmas or it's thanksgiving like are you just gonna leave me on thanksgiving so when i look at it now there were definitely signs but i had never experienced being cheated on or anything so I was very naive um, and, and just didn't put two and two together because in my mind, he's not going to cheat on me. Like, you would never do that. But hmm, yes, 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 he did. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, this is a lot. It's a lot. It was a lot. A lot to deal you, with. Did, so when he was going down there for holidays, like, yeah. I guess one of my the things that comes to mind was he telling you you couldn't come? You know, because why not? If you're married, why not go? If you have things with your family, go with your wife. Like, yeah, why weren't you included in those trips? I, you know, I don't even remember asking to go. I think one, it was expensive for both of us, I think. And then it was so last minute. It was like very abrupt to where he had to just get a ticket and go. And so it never dawned on me to like, hey, can I go with you? You know, so it was never Mm -hmm. a thought, a thought for me. It was just like, wow, you're really about to go, you know? Um, so yeah, it it didn't make sense. And this woman, when you found out who she was, or Mm -hmm. she found out about you as well, Mm -hmm. did she then proceed to be like, this is my man type of situation? Or what was her behavior following this revelation? Yeah. So, you know, it's one of those things where when I got the message, my friends were there and they were like, just block her, like, don't even engage with her. And I wish I would have had more conversation with her, like to get the particulars and how long it had been going on and what her viewpoint of it was. But I never did. I just blocked her instantly. And then I didn't get her side of the story. So I know that from the conversations he told me, um, he had conversations with her. She was just as devastated because she didn't know anything about me. And when he chose to leave, he chose to go back and be with her. And so he was trying to um, resolve the issues that they had. And so they're still together to this day. Like they end up having a child together and they're still together now. But I know that it was hard for her to trust him and, to move forward but eventually they they did (laughs) (laughs) yeah you and her I would have been like like in your piece you definitely didn't have a choice you didn't even know right Mm -hmm. right and I'm thinking if I were her girl run yeah yeah (laughs) mm -hmm. yeah I don't know what he said to her I don't know what he told her I know he was like apologizing all that kind of stuff so I don't know I have no idea what, what he told you, her. 
how do you explain marrying someone and being with them for so long and mm -hmm. just living a double life that yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It was yeah. a deception on another level for sure. On another level. Yeah. He might have told her he had business up here um, that he was taking care of, which is why he was going back and forth. Wow. Mm -hmm. And the fact that too, that he was saying that he was depressed is almost, yeah. it's so manipulative, right? Because mm -hmm. I'm sure you're trying to do everything you can to support him and make him yes. happy. Meanwhile, this is just a ruse to the be have multiple women in two different families yeah and I, I do think a part of him the depression was because he knew he was living a double life so I, I honestly do believe knowing him um that it was weighing on him and that was contributing to the depression and then also he had lost his job like a year after we got married so I know that was a part of it because he wasn't contributing to the household so I think it was a number of things that was going on within him that that was creating that depression so I do I do believe he was depressed okay so that was a real thing then yeah yeah it was absolutely real I'm so happy that you're joining me for the season two premiere of the happy room podcast stay connected and share the happy room follow on instagram at the real happy room and visit us on twitter at the happy room pod see you online siobhan after mm -hmm. going through all this because i'm hearing your story and i'm just mad for you <laughs> i'm like oh my word i would be on the floor for many many months yeah yeah <laughs> it would be like because it's because i just think it's really like as you again going back to what you said earlier mm -hmm. for women we need to transition out of things at least i'm not i'm not i won't speak for all women but i'm mm -hmm. definitely one of these women who would need to mentally get out of it yeah and make that decision and i so that i can also emotionally get out of that situation mm -hmm. even before it's like okay i'm over it i'm out we definitely transition out, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so not having that transition and it being so like sudden and finding out, you know, revelation after revelation, mm -hmm. and even when you thought you were trying to work through your marriage, um, how did you heal from that? Because that I would think that that's a lot for mm -hmm. anyone to go through. So what was your healing process? Oh, it was a journey. So that was eight. We, we've been divorced for eight years. So it's, it's really been a journey since then. So thankfully, when I found out about him um, cheating, I had already set up a counseling session and it was supposed to be for the both of us. He was going to come back and we were going to have a counseling session with a therapist. And I found out and it was like maybe a week or two before that session. So I didn't cancel it. I just went by myself. So that started me going to therapy and just really unpacking like, okay, what happened? How do I feel? How in the world did I end up in this situation? And so that's when it started for me. So I, that was the first thing. And then uh, in September of 2013, I started uh, going to these meetings of an organization called Real Women Rock. And that was started by my good girlfriend, um, Trinace Richardson. And it was basically just a space, a safe space where women can come together and just work on themselves, the personal development. And it was in that 
that venue that I could just be me and just process a lot of the emotions. I was surrounded by women who had gone through similar situations or who had gone through divorce. So it was encouraging just to be able to be around those women. So, um, so it was counseling, it was real women. And then I eventually got a coach, a life coach, just to help me to learn how to move forward because it's like, okay, well, what do I do with my life now? How do I, I rebuild? So it was like, I needed all hands on deck, like everything that I could, could think of to support me so that I could break some unhealthy relationship cycles that I, I realized that I had that contributed to me even making the decision to be with him. So there were a lot of red flags that I ignored because I was, you know, had low self-esteem and insecure about things. So I, I had really had to look at myself and see what part did I play in, in that situation too. So it, it was a lot that all hands on deck to help me to heal. Talk to me about the importance of really having a continued support system mm -hmm. because, you know, oftentimes things happen in relationships, you know, devastating like yours or mm -hmm. it just didn't work out. But, you know, mm -hmm. still leaving somebody that you've been with for a while is, it's still hard to separate, right? Yeah. Um, people will tell you to leave or will tell you to maybe stay and figure it out. But oftentimes, like, you get that initial advice and that's it. Mm -hmm. But no, can, either advice or, or judgment, right? Yeah. And there's nothing after that. But it mm -hmm. sounds like from what you're saying is, the after that part is what's really important. So tell me about the importance of that for you and just in general for anybody who's going through very hard breakups or breakups, period. Yeah, it's so important because when, when you go through something like that and if you don't talk to anybody, you feel like you're by yourself. Like, oh my God, woe is me. This is happening to me. And then you start to just question yourself and what did I do? Am I a bad person? And, and just all of these things. So having friends, I had just had a friend who had just gone through a divorce. So she was walking me through her process and what the feelings that I could expect to, to experience and how, how she went through it. And it just, that is comforting in and of itself because it told me like, okay, I'm not alone. I can get through this. She gave me books that I could read just to help me understand what's going on, you know, inside of me when I would feel angry or just even, even the guilt maybe from with that situation being so devastating, there was a part of me that still desired to be with him. And it sounds crazy, but um, to not judge myself for having those feelings, you know, because it's just a part of the process. This is someone that I had married and and committed to and, and was willing to share the rest of my life with. And so that's, that's a loss. And so it's okay to still desire that, you know, um, and, and not to judge yourself for that. So it's just having those friends who have gone through it or just are there to listen and, and to allow me to have a safe space to share the emotions and the thoughts and, and, and the things that I'm experiencing. It was just, it was encouraging. And it just let me know that, okay, I can get through this. My friend went through it so I can, I can make it through it. And um, just letting me know that it won't always feel like this, that it will get better in time. And it, and it absolutely did. I'm thinking about the fact that there are some people who are listening to your story or they mm -hmm. listen to other people's story and like, oh my God, I would never tell anybody any of this sort of stuff that happened, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I know like oftentimes when I've written on reallifesheep.com, 
people are like, oh my God, I can't believe you wrote that. I can't believe you put that out there. Yeah. And I know for me, sharing is also mm -hmm. good to feel like I am not this unicorn, right? I'm a normal yeah. person and right. this happened to me or this was my experience. Yeah. Um, I've gotten the message that thank you for, you know, sharing your story because I thought I was weird and, you know, we find unity or we find like common ground in sharing stories. There is a woman or a man somewhere who is likely going through similar things mm -hmm. and not sharing because they're afraid to tell people what's happening. They feel like they're going to be judged as like, oh, I thought your life was great, but mm -hmm. it really isn't. You know, like how necessary is it for people to let go of that fear? You know what's interesting? I was that person. So when I got married, or before this situation happened, when I got married, I was like, okay, we're going to be the poster child for marriage and how it should work. And we're going to be telling other people how, how to have a healthy marriage and all this kind of stuff. And so I, I was kind of on a high horse and just thinking that I had all the answers. I knew everything. I didn't need help. But this situation broke me down. It humbled me to the point where I was like, look, I cannot go through this by myself. I needed help. So it was a very humbling experience. And for, for me, that's what really um, helped me to reach out because I just, I needed somebody. There was no way that I could go through this. But before that, I didn't like to ask for help. I wasn't that person that would share a lot with about my relationship or what I was going through. But I was so broken down that I just only thing I could do was uh, hold my hand up and reach out. So I think it's sometimes you just have to get to your breaking point before you can ask those questions. Like, I didn't care about judgment. I didn't care about anything. I just know I needed my sisters. And I knew that we had had a relation. I had had a friendship with them and a relationship with them for so long that I knew I could trust them. Um, so I just allowed myself to be vulnerable because I just I didn't have any other alternatives. All, all my defenses were down. It's just like, look, so so to those people who are out there still trying to hold on to the pride, it's like, okay, you know, you have people in your life, most likely that can help you, but it, it's, you have to get to a point where letting the pride, putting the pride aside and, and just saying, look, I can't do this alone. There's no way. Do you think sometimes the pride uh, or whatever the reason may be leads to a lack of healing and so these issues or these situations repeat themselves, even if the scenario then is different? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because we have to acknowledge this is what's going on. So when we hide it, when we don't even give ourselves permission to tell the truth and, and to share that with someone else, then we're still kind of in hiding. And we're in a, a sense of denial, I think, of, okay, this is not really happening because I'm not ready to talk about it or I, I don't want to acknowledge it. So then we repeat the cycle. So let's talk about trust mm -hmm. because I think with what happened to you, it's, it's so devastating. Mm -hmm. And what happened to you was such a betrayal of trust. Mm -hmm. How do you then trust again to be able to start dating again? Mm -mm. So that was a process. So after, after our divorce was finalized or even while we were separated, I didn't want to date anybody else because I was still kind of stuck on him. And then the divorce was finalized and every now and then he and I would still chat or whatever. And so I was still emotionally connected to him. So I told myself that I didn't want to try to date anybody. Like I would meet people, but I just didn't have the energy 
to to date anybody and I really didn't want to bring anybody else into this situation knowing that I was still emotionally connected to to him so I just gave myself time probably about three years um, before I started dating seriously uh, with people and then even in that it's like you can take time and not date and work on yourself because I was still in therapy Um, but even when you start dating when I started dating again I had triggers so it took me a long time probably through all of these eight years just to realize that I had some trust issues you know as it related to this and then it didn't even stem from this it stemmed from my childhood with my own father so it was just a combination of of trust issues and so it's just something that I've been having to work through in relationships because you know you can you can go to therapy and all that stuff but it doesn't get worked out really until you you process it while you're in relationships because that's when you realize oh dang I'm still dealing with this you know because when you're by yourself there are certain triggers that you just don't have but um in these relationships is when I realize like dang I I don't trust so it's been a it's been a process just realizing and and talking to myself like okay it's okay this person hasn't done anything to you to make you believe that you can't trust them so so it's it's been a lot of self-talk um, to help me understand that everybody is not um, my ex-husband. And so what is it like dating now when you go on dates? Are you sort of like, I'm going to live my best life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to be right back out on these streets doing what I need to do because the streets are open. Yeah. Like, what is that process for you as you go through this, as you continue to heal? Are you just really going full force into the dating game or are you very cautiously approaching it? Yeah, so I'm in a relationship now. I've been in, in a relationship for a, for a little while now. So I'm not in them streets. I am in a committed <laughs> relationship. I don't want to be out there in the streets. So I, I haven't had uh, any negative experiences. Like when I started dating, it's always like, when I start dating, it's usually somebody that I know, like a friend of a friend or something like that. So the last few situations that I was in before I got into this one, like the first person that I started dating um, when I decided to start again was somebody that I knew from my church. And I would have like singles game nights at my house. And then he and I connected that way. So I wasn't out in the dating streets like too long. Um, it's just kind of all always happened organically for me. So he and I started dating. So we probably dated for like 10 months or something like that. And then I just didn't like where things were going. Um, and so I chose to end it. And then I think another person I met through, through a singles group on Facebook who happened, the, the guy happened to be a friend of someone that I already knew. So we connected that way. So I haven't had, um, my dating experiences haven't been like me going on multiple dates with just random strangers. Thankfully, it's been people that that I've known. And then um, the the guy that I am with now, we dated like years ago. Uh, we now we actually met on Tinder, which was weird um, on the dating <laughs> app. <laughs> he and I dated for about a year, and then it's just like we were just not compatible at that time. We still had some growing in life to live, and so we reconnected after I ended the relationship that I was in for like two years. So we re- reconnected as just friends and we were, cause I didn't want to date, you know, but so we just hung out and had fun and, and just built our friendship and rebuilt our friendship. And then it just blossomed into a relationship. So thankfully I haven't had to be in these dating streets like that. <laughs> <laughs>
so does your partner now know like your history and is that something that at the very start of deciding to partner together um that you took time to talk about and explain so he knows everything i think that's one thing that i love about him we have such a solid friendship um and i i wrote about this i wrote a book um dear miss holdness so um i wrote all about my story in in that book so when i wrote that and published it in 2017 he read it back then because we met uh, initially in 2017 so he read the book back then all of my life story and all of my drama and issues um, and so he knew and, and we talk about any and everything so he knows all my stuff the happy room now has its very own website visit us online at thehappyroompod.com So Siobhan, now that you have been in a relationship for some time, you are also continuing to heal from your past relationship and growing within yourself. I wonder what you would say to people who have, you know, folks in their lives who are in struggling relationships or struggling through trust issues in relationships or continue to exhibit certain patterns of unhealthiness because of the trauma that they've been in. And as we said before, sometimes people judge and then keep it moving, give a little bit of advice and keep it moving. Um, what do you say to those people who can actually be a support system to those who are in a relationship that's broken or who's trying to overcome some devastation from a relationship? I would say try try your best and it's a it's a human response to things that we don't understand but try your best not to judge the person is already doing a good job judging themselves beating themselves down for how they feel so I would say be a listening ear just try to be there even if it's something that you've heard already and you've tried to tell them to leave the situation that person has to go through their process and and a lot of times it doesn't happen as fast as we would like it to but it's just their process and, and it can hurt to watch your loved one, your friend go through such a devastating situation and you feel helpless, like you can't do anything, but they have to want it for themselves. So I would say just be a listening ear, be a safe space for them and try not to give advice if they don't ask you for it. Like a lot of times we know what the answer is. We just need to process through it and get it out. Now, if they ask you, what do you think? Then sure, share share your response. But it's not always a, a thing that they need advice about. Just be there. Your presence can can be so much for them. So, and I know it's hard because we just want people to move on. And we don't want to see people hurt, but we have to give people space to go through their process and allow them to do it in their own time, in their own way. So that's what support looks like to me. I think that's so important because I know like I've given people advice and I feel like you're not listening to me yeah. and I, I don't know what to say anymore. So it's okay not to have anything to say. Yeah. Yeah. Or you can ask the question, how would you like for me to support you in this situation? Like what, how can I help you instead of assuming, Oh, if I tell them this, they'll just follow it. Like, what do you need from me so that I can best support you? Because we often don't ask people, right. That are struggling. Yeah. Like, what is it that they need? We tell mm -hmm. them what we think they need. Exactly, exactly. So I want to talk about your dating 101 card game. Yeah. And the walking in wholeness. Yeah. Um, it's I think it's really a beautiful thing that 
you're leading with healing. Yeah. So I think the fact that you're continuing to work on yourself and understanding that healing is a process and that you're going to be healing forever, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. It doesn't like, oh, I'm going to take two months. I'm going to heal. I'm going to move on. Everything's going to be perfect. Um, you do give, you know, like relationship advice and you do leave it open for people to give their thoughts on relationships. Yeah. And, you know, you created this game, you co-created this game to help people have discussions at the start of relationships or while they're in relationships. Right. Yeah. Tell me about that. Yeah. So actually the guy that I was saying that I'm in a relationship, we created the card game. (laughs) Yeah. So we are always talking about relationships and scenarios. We talk about relationships every day, like all, all day. And, um, I think it was just an idea that popped in my head. I'm always coming up with creative ideas. And so I was like, Ooh, we should start a card game. And since we're talking about relationships a lot, and and one of our things is people don't have meaningful conversations in relationships. Like they don't get, they don't take time to get to know people that they're dating so that they can determine whether um, they should move forward in a relationship with them or not. And so I was like, we should, we should use some of our real life scenarios that we've gone through and put these in the card. So we just started coming up with scenarios and questions and things that we probably would have wanted to know um, or about people that we dated in the past or just things that we know about other people, like just putting all those scenarios in there to help people during the vetting process uh, for relationships. I think it's interesting that, you know, the two of you are in a relationship and you have this thing together. How important is it also to be in a relationship where you share things in common besides the feelings? Yeah, that that's super important to me. Like that was one of the things that was something that I know I needed in a relationship. I'm very ambitious by myself. And so I know that I needed a partner that is just as ambitious and that we could create things together and just have you know, some sort of business or something that we're doing together. So that was important to me. And to be able to have that, he's ambitious as well. And so, you know, we're always trying to come up with with new things. Like we're also creating a new uh, card deck uh, with more questions, um, with more scenarios for people. So we're just always thinking about things. And and so for me, that, that was really important. And how have you approached this relationship differently Mm -hmm. from the relationship you were in with your husband? So it's it's really been just me allowing things to flow organically. So we when we, we when we were together the first time, there was a lot that I just needed to to process within myself. I was in a transitional period of just trying to figure out who I was. You know, it it was just so much that was happening within me that that I I wasn't ready for a relationship when we were together back in 2017. And so um that relationship ended and uh, we reconnected uh, in 2020 and I just didn't want to jump into a relationship I just wanted to to just live my life and have a friendship so I think that is the important part for me that was different that I allowed it to happen organically it wasn't anything that was forced it wasn't anything like oh we should be together like it just didn't it didn't happen that way and and that for me was was necessary because there was, there was still more healing that I needed to, to go through. And so um, it was an organic process. And then it was a foundation of friendship, like just to be able to talk and and to share my true self 
and not feel like I have to, you know, be, have a representative. It, it was just me, you know, and, and just developing that friendship and being my authentic self. I think that's one of the things that I really love about him that he accepts me as I am all of my flaws, you know, um, all of my imperfections and all of, all of the amazing and beautiful things about me. Like he just gives me space to be me. And, and I appreciate that. Oftentimes in relationships at the start of them, people put their best foot forward. Like this is like who we aspire to be sometimes more so than who we are. Right. Yeah. yeah. So how important is it to just look, this is who I am. Take it or leave it. Like, <laughs> yeah. Instead of me trying to be this representative of like, this is the best part of me or this <laughs> is what I'd like for me to be exactly. like, talk about that. Yeah. So I think that is the part that is an inside job. So you have to get to a point of being comfortable with yourself. Like for me, the reason why I said I wasn't ready for a relationship back in 2017 is because I wasn't comfortable in my own skin yet. I really needed some time to just be okay with who I was. And it, it, it starts there. Like if I'm not good with me, then I'm not going to be able to be good in this relationship. And I know we're always growing and we're evolving, but just to get to a space of acceptance of self. And, and that's what I needed. I needed to be okay with Siobhan. And, and so I think for people who um, are out there trying to, to, to send their representatives on these dates, it's because you haven't accepted the parts of you that you don't like or that you think people won't like. And it, and it starts because you don't like it about yourself. So I think it's just figuring out what it's going to take for you to love you, all of you, <laughs> the parts that, that you don't like and the parts that you love, because that's what people are looking for. They don't want to meet just the good parts of you. They want to see you in all of you know your totality and then if they don't like that then that's okay well you don't like me because this is who I am now there are some things that if you know that is a, a a negative trait about yourself that you may need to manage but you don't have to act like that part of you doesn't exist and when you know that part of you exists that negative trait then yeah. what what do you do with that yeah so that that is where I, I think therapy really comes into play because you can gain tools to help you to manage that part. So I have a part that is, uh, <laughs> that is um, passive aggressive, right? So it's a part that um, I can shut down and not communicate. If I feel like you've wronged me or hurt me, then that part, you know, it, it can, it can hurt, hurt a person by just going silent and not saying anything. And so if I'm trying to develop a relationship and I know that part is not healthy, so it's like, okay, I can feel myself about to shut down. Let me communicate in this moment. You know, let me say what it is that I need or how I'm feeling. So it, it's stuff like that, like knowing yourself, understanding how you're wired and being intentional about managing that part so that it doesn't sabotage your relationships. Wow, Siobhan, thank you so much for being in the happy room tonight and being so candid with us about, you know, your life, your relationships and your journey. Mm -hmm. I think it's absolutely amazing and such a testament that, you know, so many women and so many men go through these, you know, situations mm -hmm. and they don't speak out, they don't share it. And so many of us are judging, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes we're advising, but we're, it's really judgment. And I think you've provided like some tools for all of us to be able to use and 
So thank you so much again for being in the happy room for sharing this testimony with us. Thank you for having me. This was fun. Do you have a story idea that you'd love to hear on The Happy Room or you'd love to be a guest on the podcast? I would love to have you. Send me a DM if you're interested at The Real Happy Room on Instagram or you can contact me on Twitter at The Happy Room Pod. Thank you.